It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Phil Still's annual preview is out in its digital form online. How does he project BYU doing year one in the Big 12? We're talking about that. And Brian Smith, our Locked On Podcast recruiting insider, gives you some insight on what to expect from Maya Luiaki Smith, who's making an official visit to BYU this weekend. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you who are everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network and cannot thank you guys enough for your continued support. Diving right in on today's show, just a quick reminder that we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU. And let's talk some BYU football as we are wont to do uh, as we open most shows. BYU is obviously entering the Big 12 Conference and we're just under we're actually no, we're well under a month till BYU officially goes in on July 1st. But BYU will be taking the field 85 days away from today. Happy Anthony Olsen Day to all of you who are celebrating uh, with our countdown series on YouTube with our shorts we're doing on these players. But nonetheless, Phil Steele, obviously the guru, the godfather, if you will, of college football preview magazines, has put out his annual preview in its digital form. I was uh, one of the lucky folks out there, I'm sure some of you were as well, who subscribed, and obviously you'll be getting the physical edition like I will be at some point here in the relatively near future, but I also got a bundle package, essentially, that gave me digital access the second it went live yesterday morning. Of course, I poured over it, looked at what was going on for BYU, and uh, Phil not necessarily for everybody because he packs literally so much information to each one of these teams and how much info he, he gives you. It's hard to decipher at times, but I wanted to hit on a couple of things with this, and we'll continue to break this down, by the way. Phil Steele, like his preview is good for four or five shows worth of content. It really is that in-depth, but I wanted to start off, obviously, with his projections for BYU Year 1 in the Big 12 Conference. Now, Obviously, I don't think any of us out there, yours truly included, expect BYU to be winning the Big 12 this year. I think that as far and away, uh, both Texas, Oklahoma, and maybe Texas Techs, uh, they're probably the favorites, and as they should be. BYU is projected by Phil still to finish in uh, 11th place. Uh, down there in the Big 12. That's an interesting spot, I thought, for BYU. He says this, The Cougars went 11-1 in 2020 and followed that up in 2022, going 5-0 versus the Pac-12, including a win over Utah, and were 10-2 before a bowl loss. Last year, BYU opened 4-1, and then lost 4 in a row before riding the ship and winning the last four. The Cougars have 15 returning starters, but do take on a much tougher schedule, 31 places higher. We'll talk about what that means here in just a moment. Despite avoiding Kansas State, UCF, and Baylor, which are some of the heavy hitters in the Big 12, obviously, much like last year, the bottom half of the Big 12 is very dangerous, and BYU could surprise. So he's not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I guess not. I'm trying to say it's not out of the realm of possibility that BYU could jump up and bite somebody, but he thinks that they finish firmly in the bottom half of the conference. I don't think it's necessarily uh, that bad of a projection for BYU because I've said it once, I'll say it again. I think that that 6-6 six and six should be the goal for BYU. Will they get there? Only time will tell, obviously. We're all going to watch it play out in real time coming up this fall, but the bigger thing I think is that he understands, speaking of Phil, 
based on the conversations we've had with folks in the sport, uh, understanding what BYU is all about. He had an hour-long conversation with Kalani Sitake. He does it with almost every coach, if not all of them, every offseason to get their thoughts on their roster. And he makes what I would call informed guesses uh, in regards to his projections for these programs. So I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility that BYU finishes in the bottom half of the conference, but I'm also not saying it's out of the realm of possibility that he thinks that BYU could finish uh, in a bowl game. Because in his actual uh, page for BYU where he breaks it down, he thinks that BYU is going to obviously have some growing pains and adjustments uh, they're going to have to just kind of deal with going into the Big 12 Conference. He says that, quote, a bowl is not out of the question for the BYU football program. So uh, I think if BYU does make a bowl game and they still finish in 10th or 11th place, the bottom half of the conference, that means that the Big 12 has been pretty darn solid all season long. But he also mentioned, you heard him mention that much like last year, the bottom half of the Big 12 is very dangerous and BYU could surprise. So he doesn't think it's out of the realm of possibility that BYU makes a, makes a run potentially or maybe upsets a team here and there throughout the season and really establishes themselves as a quote-unquote uh, dark horse or a, not a dark horse, but like, you know what I'm talking about, like uh, an upset uh type of opponent. They're one of those you can't look past, in essence. Now, in his uh, preview, his preseason All-Big 12 team, this is one of the things I wanted to talk about here. We'll continue to break this down. Uh, the highest rated player, according to Phil Steele, in this, but he's going by his preseason Big 12 team, he has got BYU running back Aiden Robbins as a first-team Big 12 running back. Either A, that's an indictment of the overall depth and talent of the running backs in the Big 12 conference, or B, which I'm more inclined to believe because he had that conversation with Kalani Satake, that he believes that Aiden Robbins absolutely has the goods and will deliver for BYU this year. That would be huge for BYU to have a guy like Aiden Robbins go for 1,000-plus yards like he did a year ago for UNLV. That would take so much pressure off a guy like Keaton Slovis, who is getting, I think, some undue pressure, but that's not out of the realm of uh, normal in Provo. Quarterbacks obviously are going to take on their fair share of notoriety and also praise along the way, but if Aiden Robbins truly is a first-team Big 12 running back, imagine how dangerous this BYU offense truly could be. Funny enough, he is the only player from BYU that's on the first team there. The only player on the second team is BYU punter Ryan Rico. He was uh, projected to make second-team honors. On the third team, you've got uh, Ben Bywater checking in a linebacker on defense for BYU, and then on the fourth team, they go that deep. Yes, they go four teams deep on this. He has Isaac Rex at tight end, Max Tooley at B, uh, Max Tooley at uh, linebacker, Eddie Hecker, the transfer from Weber State on the fourth team at cornerback, and then also Hobbs Nyberg at punt returner as all-conference honorees. So, uh, no Keaton Slovis, none of the wide receivers making this, and none of the offensive linemen, by the way, uh, If I unless I missed one. I, I apologize if I did. They did have Clark Barrington, former BYU offensive lineman, uh, checking in on the third team as an offensive center, but uh, no BYU offensive lineman getting that uh, distinction. So, there's a lot to prove for BYU. Honestly, I, I'm not I'm not saying that this was unfair. I'm not saying it was super praiseworthy. But I think that Phil still has been very measured in his approach uh, to BYU and their adjustment to the conference. I talked about this yesterday on the podcast answering a question. Uh, the question was asked, Jake, uh, where do you think of BYU? Where do they stand in terms of the newcomers coming into the conference? I said that I thought BYU was pretty well established amongst the newcomers. I think Cincinnati is far and away the least uh, prepared to make the adjustment. I think that Houston Houston's just in front of them. BYU's probably number two, and I thought UCF was probably the best 
best team in terms of the four newcomers coming into the Big 12 Conference? Well, apparently, I am in good company because that's exactly what Phil still projects. He actually projects UCF to finish 8th in the Big 12, so right near the middle of the table. And then he's got Houston 13th, uh, excuse me, Houston and Cincinnati tied for 13th at the bottom of the conference. Very interesting stuff uh, to see all that breaking down. We'll continue to break this down because I think that BYU is in a pretty good spot, all things considered, because you're not necessarily sitting in a catbird seat where you have all the expectation of the world on you, but at the same time, you're not completely so far off the radar that it's going to absolutely stun everybody if you make a run, uh, speaking of what Phil still projects BYU might do. Now, I did mention, I'll, I'll get to this real quick as well. In his evaluation, this is a much tougher schedule. BYU's schedule last year was ranked 62nd in his final rankings of strength of schedule is what he goes by. And he's done this for years. I think it literally goes back to like the earliest days of his college football preview, which, by the way, is in its 29th year, nearly three decades of Phil doing this. We're going to effort to get him on the podcast. He's a gregarious personality, very media savvy. So we'll see if we can get him on the show. But that 31, plus 31, means that BYU's schedule projects 31 spots higher in terms of overall strength uh, going into this upcoming season. So the, he projects them being somewhere in the 30s in terms of the, I think it was 37. Let me look at this. Yeah, 37, I believe is what it was uh, for BYU in terms of their overall strength of schedule. And that would mean BYU's facing a much tougher uh, slate of games this year. And I th- we've all expected that. 10 Power 5 games for the first time in BYU football history. That should not be surprising to any one of you out there with regards to how things are looking for BYU's chances year one here in the Big 12. But also at the same time, don't be afraid. I think the BYU has done as much as they can do honestly to position themselves for success year one. Success is relative. It's all in the eye of the beholder. If you're projecting BYU to go 10 and two and shock the world, hey, I'd love some of your uh, I'd love to share some of your optimism. I'd like to uh, have a little bit of what you're smoking or whatever. but nonetheless, I think it is a great, great spot for BYU to be in honestly. I think this like I said that you're like I said, you're not at the bottom where nobody's uh, believing in you. But at the same time, you're not sitting where you got the weight of the world kind of heaped on your shoulders as the top newcomer coming into the conference. That belongs to UCF, and I don't think UCF's out of the realm of possibility. They've got quite a bit of talent, especially offensively uh, down there, led by John Rice Plumley, uh, their quarterback. But we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm interested to see how BYU plays. I, for one, can't wait for these 85 days to go by quicker. I know that I don't want to wish away summer, but at the same time, football season, football season excuse me, is absolutely my favorite time of year and I just I cannot wait to see this era of BYU football unfold. Uh, by the way, I did officially punch my tickets. Sorry, I bought my tickets, I guess I, guess I should say. I will be headed to Kansas. Uh, it's the road trip I am planning to make this year. I, the current plan, obviously, if, if I start to make a lot more money, uh, I, uh, that doesn't necessarily matter much, but I decided to, I'm going to make sure I make it out to BYU's Big 12 debut out there in Lawrence, Kansas. I, I felt like I just I couldn't miss it, so I bought my tickets, got my hotel room, got my rental car all set up so looking forward to getting out there to Lawrence and if you guys are planning on making the trip to the Sunflower State let me know I'd love to link up with you guys and say what's up out there in Lawrence all right coming up here in just a minute uh Maya Louiaki Smith we've talked about him earlier this week he's making an official visit to BYU Brian Smith who is our new locked on podcast recruiting guru slash insider uh gave us a great breakdown of what he likes about Smith's game uh, has a, some great film on him we'll get to that conversation coming up here in just a moment now, a word on our friends over at Bird Dogs. They've been working with us for months now, my friends. Actually, not even months. They're actually, just a couple of weeks now. But the best part is Bird Dogs is here to help you guys 
Enjoy summer. I, I'm going to say it that way. They are stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. The best part about these, they stretch. They have a new cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches unlike those uh, stiff cotton uh, khakis you've been wearing for years, it feels like. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice all that movement. They also offer anti-stink, uh, anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Obviously very important during the summer months. The best part is if you go and order your bird dogs today you can show them off online and make sure you're the envy of the neighborhood and also bird dogs is going to hook you guys up so go to birddogs.com slash locked on college you enter the promo code locked on college get one of these really cool bird dog yeti inspired yeti inspired tumblers free with every order once again that's promo code locked on college at birddogs.com slash locked on college uh you'll get that yeti style uh Yeti style tumbler. I want to say plumber, but not sound it. It's a tumbler. Uh, check that out. Once again, that's uh, birddogs.com slash locked on college. The best part is you will not want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Cannot thank you guys enough for your continued support of the venture. Thank you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. All right, time to talk a little bit about Maya Luiaki-Smith. A huge, huge visit for BYU. This is a kid who's got offers from all over the country. Uh, he had eight offers after throwing like 40-some-odd passes as a junior. Uh, he plays at uh, San Mateo Serra High School there in the Bay Area. Uh, if that school sounds familiar, it should because it is the alma mater of one. Tom Brady. Yes, you heard it right. He is. He plays for the same high school that Tom Brady played for once upon a time. Uh, he has got a lot of skill to his game. A guy that has been well-trained, and BYU would do very, very well to win this recruiting battle and bring Smith into the fold at BYU. Uh, BYU still looking for their 2024 uh, quarterback, a guy that's going to enroll next year, and Smith very well could be that guy. Obviously, they're going to continue to continue to look at all quarterback options. A guy like Enoch Watson, who I know BYU is very high on as well. He's out of Arizona playing for ALA Queen Creek and Ty Detmer as well as Max Hall this season down there in Arizona. He would not necessarily project as your 2024 QB because he is planning on going on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So he'd be a guy you count on in 2026 or 2027 and beyond. But Maya Luiaki-Smith would absolutely be the dude and could ultimately be the dude, the guy, the man at BYU. He has that, he's got that many skills, folks, just on film from what I have seen. Well, don't take my word for it. Brian Smith is our brand new Locked On podcast uh, recruiting insider guru. We'll have him on for a full edition of the podcast, but I reached out to him earlier this week and had him uh, share some of his thoughts on what he expects from Smith, and he may have pronounced his name a little bit weird in the beginning, but hey, nonetheless, great evaluation here of Maya Luiaki Smith from Brian. Malachi Smith, quarterback, class of 2024, Sarah High School in Northern California. He has offers from programs like BYU, Utah, uh, Arizona, Miami, Florida State, Michigan State, all over the United States, and for good reason. 6'4", 205 pounds. This is a mobile quarterback, but one that prefers to make plays from the pocket, and occasionally he'll slide out to the right or left, make throws on the run, and still show accuracy. 
So what do I like most about him long term? Well, this is a kid that's already learned to keep his eyes down the field. That's a very important element for quarterbacks at any level. If you don't do that, when you get up to the college level, and especially at the pro level, you'll be eaten alive. Teams are going to get after you. You're going to get hit. You have to keep your eyes down the field, make plays, feel the rush, and move accordingly while also protecting the football. It's not easy being a quarterback, and nobody said it would be. But if you want that glory, you got to do those things. Malachi Smith has also shown some of these traits already before his senior year of high school. Pretty impressive. I think he's one of those guys that could be a two- or three-year starter at the Power 5 level. He's obviously been trained well, and it speaks to why he's been offered by so many programs. Please like this podcast. Please share it. Hit that notification bell. And above all else, please comment on this podcast. Talk a little bit about why you think you like this young man's game, possibly things he needs to work on. And if you want to ask any other questions, I'm happy to answer. Everybody have a great day. There you go, Brian Smith's breakdown of Maya Luiaki Smith. He even pronounced it Malachi uh, Smith, but nonetheless, a big thank you to him. And I thought if you're watching that on YouTube, you saw some great throws. And if you're listening to us on the regular podcast feed, I chopped it up a little bit uh, for those of you probably listening to this and wondering what what are you talking about, Jake? Uh, I obviously when you can't see the video, obviously it's going to change things. But it, I, get, I encourage you get over to YouTube and check out the breakdown that Brian did of uh, Maya Luiaki Smith. He would be a phenomenal, phenomenal prospect to have in BYU's fold. And there's reason why programs all over the country, we're talking as far away as Miami, all the way out, out east. There, there's just there are so many programs after this young man. The fact that he's making an official visit to BYU, I think, is very, very important. It's and it's one of his earlier official visits. And so BYU's gonna be able to essentially set the bar in a way for a guy like Smith to really kind of uh compare BYU to other programs. I'm sure BYU is going to pitch him hard on, hey, you think about this. You come here, you could compete immediately. You're literally year one because we all know that Keaton Slovis is going to be one and done at BYU. You could come in as a true freshman and immediately compete for playing time. There's no reason to think that you can't beat out our other quarterbacks on the roster and end up as a starting quarterback. That's the pitch to a guy like Maya Luiaki-Smith this weekend. Will he pull the trigger this weekend? I highly Highly doubt that. I still think the odds are a little bit stacked against BYU to ultimately land him in terms of a commitment. But hey, all you can ask for is to get the guy on campus and give him your best sales job you possibly can get him. And that's what BYU's got this weekend. So very much looking forward uh, to seeing how things go with Smith, see what uh, news comes out of the visit this coming weekend. And at the same time, i, I got to give big props once again to Brian Smith. He does a great, great job breaking things down. Like I said, we'll have a, a bigger conversation with him coming up here very shortly on this podcast as well. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll finish out today's show with a look back at another game in BYU football history. The end of the long, long, arduous losing streak in 2017. Uh, maybe the most disappointing loss of that season, quite frankly. We'll talk about it. I, I'd argue that there's two that are probably in contention for that amongst that just absolutely awful, stinky 4-9 season. We'll talk about that. We'll also round out the week here on, uh, in BYU Sports, looking ahead to the weekend as well. That's all coming up next right here on Locked On Cougars. Now a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. Perry Homes has been working on this for a few months now. Whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, my friends, Perry Homes has a home for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes is Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have communities, home designs, and price points all suited to help meet your needs no matter where you are at in your life. The best part is Perry Homes has beautiful communities in Davis, Salt 
Lake Tooele and Utah counties. They also have multiple communities in Washington County near St. George as well. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes as well. They even have quick move-in homes available if you're ready to make the move right away. They also are offering generous financing incentives for their preferred lender to help you guys get a little bit of a break with those crazy out-of-control interest rates as well. But nonetheless, check it out, my friends. Visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com. Once again, uh, when you reach out to them, make sure you mention the Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you on your way over that way. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for joining us here on Locked On Cougars. A big thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast, as always. Thank you for making it a part of your routine. Coming up on uh, next week, I, I'm not 100% certain. We're hoping to have it for Monday. We'll see if it pans out that way. But hoping to have a new conversation with BYU's new director of strength and conditioning, uh, Ryan Phyllis. Uh, we kind of helped break the news last week of his hire at BYU. Had a great uh, interaction with him on social media and hoping uh, that we'll have him on the podcast. If it's not Monday, it'll be at some point early on, I think, next week week and I will keep you locked uh, on updates on that on social media so stay with us on that front. All right, final notes before we go on today's show is congratulations to the BYU Athletic Department for the 10th straight time and the final time by the way. BYU has won the 2022-2023 West Coast Conference Commissioner's Cup which is awarded to the WCC's top performing institution in conference play for the past year. It was announced at the annual WCC Awards Dinner Wednesday night. Uh, obviously BYU winning 10 straight of these after 12 years in the league is a phenomenal run. Excuse me, their 11th year 11th year in the conference competition. Uh, so pretty impressive run for BYU, but also not a lot surprising. BYU collected 93.5 points uh, to outgun LMU with 88.5. Gonzaga, stunningly enough, finishing in third place just in front of Santa Clara and Pacific bringing up the rear in that. Uh, funny enough, BYU finished middle of the table in terms of the men's all-sport award standings. LMU actually was the winner there, uh, but the women's just absolutely ran away. 59.5 outclassing by LMU by uh, 9.5 uh, points in terms of their rankings here. So congratulations uh, to BYU Athletics on that award. Uh, very cool to see them win that. The funny thing about this is all these other awards out there, female sportsmanship, postgraduate female, postgraduate male scholarship, none of those went to BYU athletes. And I'm not surprised by that in the least. I, I Honestly, the West Coast Conference probably could have said like, okay, BYU, you won it, but we're giving it to one of the co- schools that's sticking around in the conference. But nonetheless, uh, congratulations to BYU on that award. It's really fun to see them uh, get that award, and obviously it's uh, fun to see them go out on top uh, as they leave the West Coast Conference. How will they fare in the Big 12 Conference? Well, we're all about to find out, honestly. And obviously, women's soccer will get things going in just, a, what, under two months' time, it feels like. It's coming up very, very quickly. But nonetheless, we'll talk about that as that draws a little bit closer. Now, final note on today's show is a look back at another game in BYU's just 
awful 2017 season. We've been doing this all offseason long, looking back at all 155 games in BYU football history. Well, the long losing streak, BYU uh, would lose seven straight games ultimately in this uh, losing streak after winning their season opener against Portland State in eh, pretty miserable fashion, honestly. Ended up losing seven straight games, and the final game of that losing streak was a game at East Carolina. Now, East Carolina was downright awful in their own right. BYU came in 1-6 and six in this game. You know what East Carolina was ranked one and six BYU should have had a chance to win this game funny enough Gardner Minshew does that name sound familiar yes the man who went on to have just an absolutely insane run at uh, Washington State now in the NFL he came in to throw two fourth quarter touchdown passes and lifted Eastern Carolina to a 33 to 17 win over BYU in this game the frustrating part for this for me is that Tanner Mangum actually went out and had a winning effort I felt like for maybe the first time all season long 26 of 41 319 yards two touchdowns against one interception you're like Okay, those are great numbers. Aleva Hifo actually was BYU's leading receiver with nine receptions and 148 yards. They were torching the Pirates. BYU ran for 102 yards as a team. That's not necessarily great numbers, but you're like, okay, BYU should be able to muster more offense. The problem was in this game, BYU had untimely turnovers, turnovers on downs. It was just it was a miserable performance uh, that BYU had in this game. And it's one of those things that makes you think, okay, what could have been? Could, and obviously, this sealed BYU's fate, by the way. You lost this game. BYU was sitting at 1-6. They needed to rattle off five straight wins. They did have the 13th game that season, obviously, going to Hawaii at the very tail end of the season. But they needed to rattle off a lot of wins in a row to get a chance to go to a bowl game. This would ensure that they would not go bowling for the first time in, what was it, since 2004. So 13 years uh, between uh, bowlless seasons for BYU and absolutely excruciating, miserable uh, Fashion. That's exactly what they did. Gardner Minshew finished that game 6 of 9 for 121 yards and 2 touchdowns after he replaced Thomas Cirk in the lineup uh, for East Carolina in this game. But it's one of those games that you just look back on and say, what could have been? Because that might have, maybe it was the turning point for BYU. Now, obviously the 2017 season yielded another pretty weak uh, November schedule. I, I've got no problem saying that. BYU's traditional November schedules during their entire run of independence were far weaker than the other two months of the regular season. Season, and they started uh, picking up a few wins here and there, but the struggles would remain for BYU the rest of the season. But the good news was, coming up on our Monday edition of the podcast, when we reconvene, we'll talk about a win that snapped that losing streak uh, for BYU over San Jose State. But nonetheless, that East Carolina loss, that, that's one of those ones, I, and there's one that I think is going to come up that probably takes the cake for the absolutely worst loss in BYU's football history in more than 50 years since the Lavelle Edwards era really began. And we'll talk about that uh, later on next week. I think it's you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, so happens to be UMass. But nonetheless, we'll talk about that. But nonetheless, all the same, tough, tough loss for BYU down there, East Carolina, and obviously a disappointing uh, just, I, I guess, clincher for BYU to not go to a bowl game in 2017 after a would have been a very good debut uh, for BYU in their uh, in their run in 2016 under Kalani Sitake. By the way, this game also for East Carolina to me in some ways because the play calling at times uh, just struggled. Even though Tanner Mangan was putting up big yardage, at times when it was critical downs and distances, it was just lacking. I just felt like it was maybe another nail in the coffin of Ty Detmer's eventual firing uh, at BYU, but we'll get to that as we finish out this 2017 season coming up in just a few days' time. All right. 
So there you go. That is everything you know about here on a Friday edition of the podcast. Cannot thank you guys enough once again for your support of the podcast. Thank you for making it your first listen of the day. And thank you to all of you, the thousands of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Special thanks once again to Brian Smith, our Locked On Podcast uh, recruiting insider and guru. Uh, great stuff from him on Maya Luiaki Smith. We'll have any updates we hear about Smith's visit over the weekend. If we can share them uh, next week at some point, we'll get to that to you. And at the same time, hope you guys have a fantastic week weekend wherever you might be until monday have a great one my friends this has been the locked on cougars podcast see ya the ncaa tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network Your team every day.